0: I have a theory about politics in Papua New Guinea. I call it trickle-down politics. It's kind of similar to trickle-down economics, you know? The economic theory and model that the whole world is embracing and that's driving globalization. Basically the trickle-down economic theory is based on the notion that if rich people are left alone to do as they please with as little intervention by government or society as possible, then all the riches they will make will somehow trickle down to the masses and everyone will benefit. You know, because rich people are so kind and caring and benevolent characters apparently. That's the theory. And it's a theory that's taught in just about every business school in the world. It's a theory that's promoted by almost every government in the world. You know, it's a flawed theory because what it does is it basically gives opportunity to the rich to abuse the mandate given to them, more or less, by the government on behalf of the people, the government that often the rich themselves tend to sponsor and therefore own, you know. People are totally in the dark about who really owns the government. I mean, most people, there are few who have some idea, but they're too few to make a difference or do anything about it, you know. I mean, most people don't realize that governments are owned. By whoever buys them, whoever sponsors them, whoever funds their election campaigns and whatnot. And so people have this false perception that there is a government that serves them, that cares for them, that's concerned about them, when in reality, that's not the case. The case really is it's the corporations that own governments, that fund them, and therefore influence policies and bills and laws and such you know so whether you agree or not they're already engaging in trickle-down economics it's up to you to stop them and if you don't well this, this unfettered capitalism they'll just do as they please and you're going to have to sit and watch and if they feel like it they may throw you a crumb or two and you know and you're supposed to be happy about this and accept it and scoff it down and smile and say thank you you know that's trickle down economics in a nutshell, more or less. And many people probably disagree with me, and you know, make quotations of famous economists throughout the world who've said this or that and whatever. But look, this is my podcast, man. I'm going to say what I feel like, and that's my understanding of trickle down economics. And if you don't like it, just go follow someone else, do watch rugby, something else. You know. Anyhow, trickle down economics my theory about trickle down politics in Papua New Guinea is very same very very similar very same very similar and it's based on this philosophy that a elite political group left alone to its own devices will be able to do whatever it pleases and certainly it shall benefit but whatever it pleases will somehow trickle down to benefit everybody and everyone in society is about it's supposed to be happy about this and say nothing about it and do nothing about it, you know? That's trickle-down politics in a nutshell. So, you know, that's what's happening here in Papua New Guinea as far as I see. You've got an elite ruling group that does as it pleases. They've given DSIP to all the other open members to run around and entertain themselves by becoming project managers out there, delivering a bridge here, a classroom there, a swing, you know, a footpath here. And huge ceremonies, you know, so that they can continue the illusion of misleading the people into thinking that they actually own this government, when in fact they don't. You know, this government no different from any other governments around the world, which are not owned by the people at all. You know, these are just very clever uh, corporate arrangements that have been put in place by the exceptionally rich. Those very benevolent correct characters that we're supposed to leave alone so that whatever they do benefits us somehow, you know let's trickle down politics in PNG and I've broken it further down into how people as shareholders contribute to this you know and I'll tell you during election time about 10% of the people of this nation vote with their hearts and heads they think and they identify people who they consider are leaders and vote accordingly okay 90% are engaged in lamb flaps and beer type voting where they think with their stomachs mainly that means whoever turns up with a carton of beer and a carton of lamb flaps gets their vote because he's deemed to be a leader since he has provided for them you know and they're going to vote for him because well they don't care how smart he is although he may have the ethics of a toad it don't matter as long as he has forked out money to buy them something to give them a feed he has demonstrated that he has The means to care for them, to to care for their immediate needs. Immediate needs, this is very important for us to remember, because we're all about immediate needs. Nobody ever thinks about tomorrow. Forget about beyond tomorrow. That's a concept too difficult to embrace in our country. So 10% of the country actually think about beyond tomorrow. They actually look for genuine leaders, and they will vote people who they deem are genuine leaders. 10%. 90% will engage in... Land flaps and beer type politics, that means they're thinking with their stomachs, you know, they will turn up and have a feed and be merry and sing and dance for five weeks and suffer for five years, you know. The other group, uh, the other percentage of the 90%, uh, probably about 40%, 30% thereabouts. They engage in political fraud. You know, they rig votes and hijack ballots and all these things that happen at the ballot box or during the election period, which are all fraudulent and designed to put into parliament someone by fraudulent means. So, what is the outcome? Let's look at the results. The results are as follows, and it's very interesting. You therefore get 10% leadership. And you get 90% beer and lamp flaps type politics and pocket politics or fraudulent politics. And what is the consequence of this? Well, it basically means that 10% of the decisions made are definitely in the interest of the country. 90% will be either the pork barreling, beer, landflaps flaps type decisions, which means they are decisions designed to appease and enrich the masses and minions and friends that have, in some way or another, contributed to the election of this particular character or characters, and the other 30%, 40%, whatever, will be politics that's designed for the purposes, political decisions that are designed for the purposes of enrichment, personal enrichment, fraud, converting public funds into private use, etc., etc., you know? That's what happens, you know, that's, that's my study, that's my observation, and I think I'm pretty accurate there, you know, give or take a few percentages, but that's how I see it, you know. Does this mean it's all doom and gloom? No. As a nation, we're tracking along just fine. We're doing just like every other nation at the age of 40 or more would be doing thereabouts. I mean, you know, 40 more meaning 5, 45, 40, 50 years old, etc. You look around you. And all nations that are at that age, with the exception of Singapore, are performing in this manner, you know. And I would like to say that in regards to Singapore, they ran their country like a corporate entity, you know, with, 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 with uh, very strong laws in place to ensure that the corporate forces did not exploit the people and that the people themselves did not get too carried away and perform or behave in a way which was detrimental to the interests of the country, you know. So they had an element of control over both parties, people and corporate. And, you know, they, they, they were like a parent, a strict parent, you know, raising a child or two children, you know. And as a result, both these children have now matured and are taking care of the parent or they're taking care of the country, so to speak, you know. So, anyhow... That is my theory on trickle-down politics, and I'll expand on it uh, at a later date. But in the meantime, you guys have great fun out there. Thinking about it, or not, it really doesn't matter to me. Uh, I do this podcast mainly so that I can vent and also record thoughts and ideas that I have so that I can refer to them when I'm in, in, in my 90s and at some university studying to complete my degree.